you know, whether it's the word or whether it's worship, whatever it is, whether it's praise, when we come in here, make sure that we connect our faith to what we're doing. You know, we, we connect our faith to what we're doing. We connect our faith to where we're at. So when I'm worshiping God, I don't have my attention on everyone else. I'm, my, my faith is released towards him. My, my adoration is towards him. I'm not just singing a song. So there's some songs we might sing might be songs of declaration. And they're not really worship songs. But I'm, we're decreeing the word. Or it could be songs of more intimacy. There could be songs of praise. But whatever it is, it's like we're releasing our faith. And it's the same thing. You might have heard me say this on, on Sunday morning. But it's the same thing. When you hear the word, don't just listen to the word. But be a active Listener, meaning you're engaged with what you're, you're saying, heart, I'm going to receive what I need to receive tonight and I'm going to lay hold of it. It's going to change my life. It's going to equip me. It's going to strengthen me. But it, but sometimes we can just sit back and listen to a preacher, listen to a sermon and not remember one thing that was ever said. But yet when we release our faith that, oh yeah, I received that Dr. Savilla and I, you would say that I might repeat exactly what they said, or I said, I received that. Yes. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. I, I don't need to hear amens. I'm not, I'm not moved by your amens or whether you amen or don't amen, amen me. I, I'm not moved by those things, but I say amen because it's me releasing my faith that I agree with what's being said. Amen. So can I get a what? An amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 19. As you notice, uh, I'm not speaking with a South African accent tonight. Um, uh, John Mendixon was going to be with us tonight. I'm not going to try to speak with a South African accent. And, uh, my wife says, thank you. Um, you've heard some of my other voices, but, um, but anyway, he, uh, he was, he was supposed to be here. Um, but something changed with Dr. Savelle's schedule and, um, he was needed to minister in, um, in Little Rock tonight. And then, t- then tomorrow they're headed to do, do the victory campaign in Branson and so, uh, so John Medixon and they were traveling with Dr. Savell in that. So that's why they had to leave a day earlier than expected. So, uh, so that's why they couldn't be with us, but, um, but they send their love and their greetings and we'll see what their schedule might be next week or whatever. I think they're out of town, but, um, but anyway, they, they were a part of them and they're a part of us. Amen. Uh, did, did, I, did I tell you anywhere yet? Psalms 19. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening. You're engaged. <laughs> You're releasing your faith. Now, on Sunday, I talked about, um, I've been talking about developing a strong spirit. And, um, and that came out of Proverbs eighteen fourteen. It says, it's the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in adversity. And, um, and so it's important for us to develop a strong spirit. And I talked about, the, I don't want to review Sunday because for the sake of time, and I want to make sure I finish my, complete my assignment tonight. But we talked about how, how be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And we talked about putting on the whole armor of God. And we talked about how our loins um, should be girt about with truth. That it needs to be close to us. We might fasten like a girdle. You know, it should be surrounding about us. It should be something that's close to us. It's not something that's way over there or something we, we, we deal with every once in a while. No, it should be something that we hold on to. And we talked about Timothy where he says, Give heed to the word and the scriptures cause us to be thoroughly furnished. Let me 
have a, excuse me, I don't want to be talking and hit a mint at you there, so. And so I have an assignment tonight, and I want to ask you a question. And the question is, are you sure? Are, are you sure? And, uh, and that's, um, when I ask the Lord, what do you want me to call it, title tonight's message? And that's the, that's the message title, Are You Sure? You know, it's not the deodorant commercial, raise your hand if you're sure. <laughs> You know, um, faith ends at the point of a question. Faith ends at the point of a question. Let me look at Psalms 19. Let's look at Psalms 19, verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. Now, whether we talk about precepts, whether we talk about law, whether we talk about commandments... Whatever we're referring to, even though a lot of times it's referring to the, the Torah in those things, you have to understand it's something that God's spoken. It's something that he spoke, whether it was Moses writing it down, whatever. It was when the Spirit of God came upon them, they wrote as the Holy Spirit gave them direction. So whatever we're talking about, whether it's a law, a precept, a commandment, you have to understand whatever it is, a promise, whatever it is, it's something that's been spoken. So he says, the law of the Lord, or I could say, the word that was spoken of the Lord is perfect. When God says something, understanding there's no deficiencies in it. This is perfect. Now, man would try to come, come against all sorts of uh, things on why it's not perfect, but I believe it's perfect. I, I think if we, you find, if we, if we want to challenge it, I believe the deficiency in wisdom or knowledge has to do with us, not God's not being perfect or the word being perfect. The word is perfect. That's something I'm sure of. And that has to be established because if you have any sort of doubt in your mind that the word of God could be the word of God, then you'll never stand on it for the absolute truth. The enemy will always say, well, maybe God didn't say, or maybe it didn't really mean that, or maybe this, or maybe that. No, you have to establish that in your heart. As a child of God, I have to establish that the word of God is truth. It's truth. It's absolute. It's not my truth. I'm saying it's God's truth because he called it truth. So he says, the law or the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Meaning his word has the ability to change my soul. Then it says, the testimony, you could say, the word of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. (laughs) The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple, meaning his testimony has the ability to give me wisdom because his testimony is sure. It's absolute. Let's go to Psalms 93. Psalms 93. Are you sure? 
See, because the enemy or people, relatives, different ones may come to you and ask you, are you sure? Your own mind will come to you and ask the question, are you sure? And my faith will end at the point of a question. Psalms 93, I guess I need to get there. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 1. I love this. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Surely. I Meaning because what God did, he called the, it, the world to be surely established. So that it cannot be moved. Verse 2. Your throne is established from of old. If something is established, then it's something that's sure. It's a foundation. It can be depended upon. Then it says this. The floods has lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. waves. Now, these weren't good floods. These weren't floods talking about, oh, the flood of God's presence. It's talking about something that's trying to come against what God has established. Because he's talking about the Lord reigns. The Lord established the world. The Lord did these things and the Lord did this. He, he, he clothed, he's girded himself with strength. So immediately after what happened, the enemy always tries to come against what God's established. So the floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. See, the floods or the attacks you might experience have a voice. Then it says the floods lift up their waves. Thank you, Father. So the floods lift up their voice and and their waves. Now, this word waves in the Hebrew means a repetitive crashing. I grew up not too far from the ocean in Maryland and, and, and used to be in the water a lot. And in certain times, especially if some, it was after a storm or whatever, you know, they would call them sets. And, and you would have waves that would come in. It would be certain sets that would come in. But when, at certain times, there was no break in between the sets. There was no time to rest because you had one wave hitting you after another wave, hitting you after another, another wave. So that's what this word waves is referring to. It's not just a wave, but it's something that is continuing and repeatedly crashing over you. So here it says the floods lift up their voice. So the enemy tries to come to you with things that you hear and that you see and that you can feel. He's always going to try to track and come to you with your, through your senses. A report from the doctor. That's a, that's, that's the noise. The symptoms in your body, that's the waves. What you see in your bank account, that's waves. What you hear on the news, that's the noise of the floods. But then listen to this. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. But listen to this. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise. <laughs> Don't you like that? Don't you like that? The, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters and then the mighty waves of the sea. The Lord is mightier than. Hallelujah. Woo! 
I think we need to give a shout of praise to that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So we have, we have to stop glorifying the floods and the, and the waves and the attacks. But what does it say? The Lord is mightier than the noise of the waters, mightier than the mighty waves of the sea. And then he says this, your testimonies are very sure. What God has spoken is very sure. Let's go to Psalms 117. See, all this is about an encounter with the word and all this is about developing a strong spirit. Psalms 111. Thank you, Father. Psalms 111. Verse 7 says, The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. All of them. Everything he's spoken is sure. It's established. In other words, it's certain. All his precepts are certain. Now listen to this. They stand fast. Now it's, now it's giving us a picture in how sure they are. These precepts, this word, this command, this law, this testimony is sure, it's certain, and these laws, they stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Wow. Wow. So what are we discovering? We're discovering that the things that God has spoken, the things that he's declared, the things he's testified to are sure are sure. Now let's go to second Peter chapter two. Lord, help me to say only what I need to say. Lord, help me to go to the only scriptures I need to go to tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Second Peter chapter 1, let's look at verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Now, I'm not going to be able to get into the election, the call, and not, not to stumble. That's not my focus tonight. But it says, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always, always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. I mean, Peter's saying, I'm not going to neglect to continue to speak to you the things that you need to hear because your life needs to be established in the present truth. Though you know and are established, you know these things, but, and you're established in this present truth, but I'm going to continue to tell you these things. Because we need to be established in present truth. 
Not truth of yesterday, not true of someone else, but, but the present truth. What's this present truth? He goes, yes, I think it is right as long as I'm in this tent, in this body, to stir you up by reminding you. But Peter's saying, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to remind you. What is he going to remind them of truth? <clears throat> Verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have reminder of these things after I decease. What is Peter telling us? Don't forget the word. Don't treat the word as a side issue. Even after I leave here, don't forget the things that I've written you. Don't forget the things I preached to you. Let's go to verse 16. For we did not follow cunning devised fables we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I didn't tell, I didn't tell you some sort of made-up story. I didn't tell you some sort of fable. I didn't tell you some tall tale. He says, but I'm coming to you with being a personal witness. He, he says this, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty... What was he talking about? Eyewitnesses of his majesty. What is he talking about? He's talking about when, when uh, they went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And they saw Jesus. And they saw Elijah. And they saw Moses. And they saw the angels. And they see God. And, and they heard the voice out of heaven. They heard a voice out of heaven. Remember, God's words are sure. And they heard a voice say, said, this is our beloved son in whom I'm, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, he, he's saying, look, I'm not, I'm not talking to you about something that's not real to me. I'm talking about something that I was an eyewitness of. Hold on, hold on, listen to this. For we receive from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, now listen to this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to read this to you in the Passion. I believe it makes great sense. And I I like the Passion, especially the one I have, because it actually breaks down every scripture and translates the Aramaic and goes into and why they selected to use a particular word in in different ways, in different scriptures. And and so I want to read this to you in in um, in the Passion. He says, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you're aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth that you have already embraced. And as long as I live, I will continue to awaken you with this reminder. Since our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has clearly revealed that my departure is near. Indeed, I'm passionate to share these things with you so that you will always remember them after my exodus from this life. We were not retelling some masterful crafted legend when we informed you of the power and appearing of our Lord Jesus. 
For we saw his magnificent and splendid splendor unveiled before our very eyes. Yes, Father God lavished upon him radiant glory and honor when his distinct voice spoke out of the realm of majestic glory. Endorsing him with these words. This is my cherished son marked by my love. All my delight is found in him. And we ourselves heard that voice resound from the heavens while we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have been given the prophetic word, the written message of the prophets. Now listen to this, made more reliable. Now the King James says, but yet we have a more sure word. Now I want you to hear this. He says, we have the message of the prophets made more reliable Fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you will continue to do well to say, stay focused on it. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place until the dawning of a new day when the morning star rises. You must understand this is the outset. Interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Spirit. For it does not originate from someone's own imagination. No true prophecy comes from human initiative, but it's inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came from God. Now, why did I read all that? Because what he's trying to communicate to us with a more sure word, a more a prophetic word that's confirmed, what he's trying to say is, I heard a voice from heaven, but you need to understand what came from the prophets and what was written down is a more sure word. Meaning, meaning, don't think that what I heard is more than what you heard. You need to understand that the word of God is sure. And what, when, the, when, the, when the spirit of God came upon men of old to write, it is, it is just as strong of a word as the voice that Peter heard on that mountain of transfiguration. Does that, do you understand that? Does that, that we have, we have a more sure word. We, we have a more sure word. Peter said, I'm an eyewitness to this, but I want you to know that you have, you have the word of God. You have the prophets, you have the things written. And that is just as powerful. That's just as, just, just as great as what I heard as an ear, as an eye and ear witness on that day on that mountain. The word of God is sure. The word of God is sure. The word of God is sure. Can you say it with me? The word of God is sure. Thank you, Father. Let's go to James chapter 1. Now, if something's sure, it's something that I can rest upon, right? If it's sure, then I can count upon it. James chapter 1. Sake of time, let's look at verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, if you lack wisdom, then you're kind of unsure of something, right? Right? If 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 you're needing wisdom for something, it's because you don't have all the information you need, right? You're like, I can, 
I can get on the piano and I, I, could, I can play a couple things. I don't know what I'm playing, but I can play a couple things. And you're like, oh, you know how to play the piano? Well, not really. I, I mean, I, I, I'm playing a couple things and, and it sounds decent. It sounds okay. I, I think I know one chord. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how to play the piano. Now, Joseph... Joseph, Joseph can hear, hear something one time and then play it. I, I'm so grateful for Joseph. Let's give Joseph a hand just for the gift that he is. I mean, Joseph, talented, gifted. It's a gift. It's not just someone. It's, it's, there's an anointing upon his life. But he also, he's, had to, he's also had to train. He's had to... He's had to study. So, so the thing is, is where I'm unsure of things because I don't know a whole lot about Panley Panel. He's sure of it. He's sure. He knows where the, the C chord is. He knows. He knows. It's not like, well, uh, he's not, it could be that. No, he knows. He knows. I mean, Phelan, he's a, he, he, he operates in, in martial arts and, and he, he's very skilled. But the thing is, is you had to spend time doing that, right? How many years have you been doing it? 39 years doing martial arts. So the thing is, is you, you have somebody that, that might be able to throw a punch, but he knows how to throw a punch. So, or block a punch or whatever the case might be. So, so the, what, what I'm trying to say is, is, is if, you, if you don't know, if, if I don't know something, then I can't be sure of something, right? Are, does it make sense? I, I think we'll go forward now. So, so if I lack wisdom, it says what? Let him ask of God. And it says he gives him liberally, meaning God's not holding out anything. He's, he's not holding wisdom back from you. He's not holding wisdom back from me. So he gives it liberally. Verse six says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive any thing from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and he is unstable in all of his ways. All of his way, all of his ways. He's unstable. So if you're unstable, then you're not sure. You're not sure. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See, you can't, I can't go two directions at the same time. I'll be, I'll constantly be at war with myself. And that's how often we can be. And, and, I, and I've been there. I've been there, you know, in my life where, where there's, there's attacks coming, there's different things happening. And, and at one side, I, I know the word and I'm holding on to the word. But on the other side, I'm being fretful and fearful at the same time. Why? Because I'm being, un, I'm, I'm, I'm double-minded. I'm being double-minded. And if I'm double-minded, then I'm going to be unstable. I'm not going to be founded. I'm not going to be established. I'm not going to be grounded. I'm not going to be strong. Being double-minded, I can put it this way, being double-minded is always considering and or taking the second thought. What do I mean by that? Let's say, how about, mm, 
How about Cain and Abel? You had Cain and Abel, and yet, yet God shows up to him, and he says, says Cain, if you, if you do this and you take care of this, he goes, you, you do well. And he, said, and he goes, sin is crouching at the door. And he says, Cain, you must master it. What, what happened with Cain? God gave him a word, but what happened? He took the second thought, and he killed his brother. What about David? David, David is king. He's ruler. He's, he's married. He has a family. He's, he's got great riches. He's got great wealth. But one day on the, on, on a rooftop, he looks over and he sees Bathsheba. What happened? He took the second thought and the second thought led to a second look. And I could go on and on throughout scripture, you know, Abraham and Sarah. Hey, God shows up and said, you know, you're going to be the promise. You're going to be the father in the faith. Your, your nations are going to come out of you. And, and all of a sudden, you know, Sarah says, hey, well, how about Hagar? I think it sounds good. No, he took the second thought. What about Peter walking on the water? He's walking towards Jesus, but yet he sees the wind. And what happened? He, he had a second thought. So, so what we have to come to a place where we are established, where we are sure. Because if we're not sure, then we'll constantly be like this. Constantly like this. Oh, we get this report in the news. And oh, man, pastor, do you know what's going on? Did you hear that report? Or, oh, man, they're laying off people at the workplace. And, and next thing you know, your mind's going all over the place instead of holding to the word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now let's go down to verse uh, 21. Verse uh, 21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Receive with a teachable heart. Receive the word, welcome the word, honor the word. Why? Because it has the ability to save your soul. It has the ability to make my soul stable. It has the ability to keep me from being a double-minded man. And if I'm, a, if I'm not a double-minded man, then I won't be unstable in all of my ways. And receive the engrafted word, implanted, the implanted word. What does implanted mean? It means to set in firmly as into the ground like a root that can't be removed. It means to establish securely as in the mind or the consciousness. It means to insert or embed surgically, to graft or insert within the body. So what is it saying? As I receive the word... As I get rid of the things that are keeping me from, as I get rid of the things that are causing me to be a double-minded man, and I receive the engrafted word, and I let it become a part of me, then it has the ability to save my soul. It has the ability to change me from the inside out. Hallelujah. We will never be fixed or stable in any area of our life until the word has become a fixed part of our life. This is all about being strong. 
in spirit. It's about being fixed on his sure word. This word is sure. This word is certain. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go to John chapter 16. And this wasn't in my notes when I was studying today, but it just came up in my heart. John 16, verse 29. Hallelujah. I don't want to be tossed to and fro. I don't want to be a double-minded man. I want to be someone that can be trusted in. I want, I, I want people to be able to depend upon me and not, not worried about, well, what, what Justin's going to show up today. What, what, I, I, want, I want to be someone that, they can, that someone else can lean upon. And why? Because they know that I'm holding on to the more sure word. John 16, verse 29, says this, His disciples said to him, See now, you're speaking plainly, and you're using no figure of speech. Now listen to this. Now we are sure that you know all things. Wow. (laughs) They're going to Jesus, and they're like, hey, we've been with this guy. We've spent time with him, and we know, and we're sure that he knows all things. And we have no need that anyone should question you. Meaning when people come to us, now, this is what it means. It says when people come to us and they ask us questions about you, we question their question. We don't question you. Does that make sense? That's what they're saying. So that's what it really means here. It says, you know, all things. It says a uh, figure of speech. Now, um, now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you by this. We believe that you um, hold on. You know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. So if someone's coming to us to ask questions about you, we're like, well, well no, he, don't, don't, don't try to put doubt in our mind about the man we're following. And too often what I've seen and has happened to myself in different things or listening to different teaching or different things, what happened is, is something will come to me that goes against the word I already know and will try to get me to question the one that knows all things. The one that's sure. Do you see that? But they're like, no, you know all things. You have no need that anyone should question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. We believe you could say we are sure you, or you could say this. We're sure that you came from God. Jesus answered them. Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the father is with me. These things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Hallelujah. These things have I spoken to you. Remember his word, God's word is sure. So if it's something that came from God, then it's sure, right? That we, we looked at that in scripture. So these things have I spoken to you, you could say are sure. That in me, you have peace. Now I want to, like I said, I wasn't planning on going to this scripture. But I want, you to, I want you to see what this word peace means. <clears throat> if I can find it. 
So out of the, out of the Greek, out of the Strong's, it says this. This is a, according to a conception distinctly peculiar to a Christian. Meaning this is something that's peculiar to a Christian. Meaning it's not something that the world has. The, I mean, this is something that's only for Christians. That's, that's what this means. Now, and it says this. The tranquil, now listen to this. The tranquil state of a soul that's assured. That's what this means. That's what he, so Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying these, these things I've spoken to you are sure, because he spoke it, that in me, because it's sure, that in me you have peace. So he's saying in me you have a tranquil state of a soul that is assured. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing. Fearing nothing. Fearing nothing. Because what Jesus spoke and what Jesus spoke is sure. Because of that, I have peace. I have a soul that is assured and I'm fearing nothing because what Jesus spoke. That's when we know that's living a life of faith. That's living a life established in the word. So, so when the enemy's always going to come to you, when you're standing in faith for something and they're going to, he's going to ask the question, are you sure about that? You might have relatives that say, are you sure about going into the ministry? Are you sure that the Lord told you, are you sure? Are you sure? The enemy always wants to bring a question. But the disciples said, no, we're sure. We're sure that you came from God. Hallelujah. You have time for two more scriptures. I'm going to bypass a few scriptures, but go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. Look at verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of the anointed one, let his words dwell in you richly. Meaning, let this word, let his word dwell in you in abundance. Let it dwell in you in abundance. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That what needs to be coming out of my heart and my mouth is the word of God. And what I know from the word should be coming out of my heart in my song. It should be coming out of my heart in my hymns. It should be coming out of my heart in every different way. Why? Because the word the word of Christ is dwelling in me richly. And remember, his word is sure. It's sure. Let me close with this. Go to Isaiah 33. The word. The word. His word is certain. His word is established. Hallelujah. Where the word of a king is, there's power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 33. Because we live in a world that, 
if we're not careful, will cause us to be just like it, unstable. For double-minded, we'll be unstable in all our ways. But let's look at Isaiah 33. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And let's look at verse. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Verse 5. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Now listen to this. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our times. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our times and the strength of salvation. And the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Wisdom. The word of God is the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is the word of God. The word of God is God's knowledge. The word of God is God's wisdom. So the wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of my times. Hallelujah. What's going to cause you to be stable in an unstable world? His word. Because his word is sure. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of my times. My times aren't established or determined by the world I'm living in and what's happening around me. My times will be stable because of the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God. And that is, that is his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you receive this teaching tonight? Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, Father, and I thank you where hearts have been unsteady where hearts have been wrought up and anxious, where hearts have been overwhelmed. Father, I thank you. We have a more sure word. So areas in our life where we have been unsure, areas in our life where we, we have been unstable, I thank you that we will come to a place where we let the word of Christ dwell in us. We will, we will go to the word. We will abide in the word and we'll allow the word to abide in us. And as we do that, I thank you that, that we will become more and more sure. We'll become more and more established. Lord, that if we are unstable, if we do have a double-minded, we won't be condemned and we won't feel guilty or feel shameful because of us ourselves being unstable. But Father, it's just a, it's just something that we recognize that I need to go to the word. I need to go to the word. I need to get wisdom on this. I need to get direction on this. So Lord, I, 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 Father, I don't want anyone to leave here condemned because maybe they are unstable or, or they are up one day and down the next. Holy Spirit, just show us, reveal to us how we come to a place where this word abides in us and it and, and we abide in it help us to come to a place father where we let the word of christ dwell in us that as we get in this word on a regular basis as we consume this word i thank you that it will produce more and more of stability in us that we will not be shaken we will not be shaken Hallelujah. I declare the people of heritage are strong. I declare that they're established. 
I thank you that they're growing in wisdom and knowledge. They're increasing in wisdom and knowledge. Hallelujah. Thank you that you surround about them like a shield. I thank you that you place within them a hunger for the word of God like they've never had before. I thank you that they have a thirst on the inside of them for your presence. They have a thirst on the inside of them for the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That they and we as a church come to a place where we are stability for those that are in our lives and those that are in our community. Because we're fixed on a sure word. We thank you for it tonight. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give them a shout of praise for the word? We thank you for the word. 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 Hallelujah. We thank you for the word.